looking for a farmer. Name's Owen. Bucketheads, Mavar Chigar, welcome to the 160th full force flinging episode of MandoVision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. We're so glad you're here. New listeners, welcome aboard. Old listeners, welcome back. Thank you everybody for taking the time to download, stream, however it is you consume the content. Consume the content. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember the best way to reach out to us is of course via social media at Mando underscore Vision. On Twitter and Instagram, you can email the show mandivisiontom at gmail.com. Make sure you are liking, subscribing, sharing, and, and following the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. How is everyone doing? Are we still reveling in the, in the, in the in, in, in immensity, the amazingness, the intensity of episode six, the final episode of Kenobi, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that we've been waiting oh so long for, and now it's here and gone faster than I think any of us wanted it to be. And I, I really, really enjoyed this episode. I loved it. I, I loved this episode. I thought it was fantastic. It was, uh, it, it really wrapped things up in, in a way that, you know, I, I think they did as well as they could, considering... The, the size of the raindrops they had to dance between with, with going between, you know, the canon of, of Star Wars and, and making their story, you know, effective and, and, and intense and, you know, making it feel like there were some stakes even though we know the ultimate fate of many of these characters is determined in other films. So, like, you know Vader's not going to die, you know Kenobi's not going to die, you know Leia's not going to die, you know Uncle Ben can't die, you know Aunt Peru can't die. You know, there, there are certain things that we, we know so it's it's a really challenging job the writers and directors and creators of the of these series have, you know when you want to when you want to live in this era, of of, of um, prequelizing prequels, <laughs> basically it, it's it's a really it's a really tight it's a it's a it's a tightrope, and and sometimes you know you waver to one side or the other, uh, but as long as you get to the other side, by and large with with the, with the canon the continuity intact. I think that deserves uh, some some attention, and, and and I'm here to uh, to give it to them because I thought they did a really nice job. I think they tied things up. Whether you agree with some of the decisions they made to tie things up the way they did, okay, that's all right. You know, 
this this shows if you know if you're if you're a new listener to this podcast, you, maybe this will be shocking to hear. But this is a podcast all about positivity in the Star Wars universe. We can't critique, we can't criticize, but it's all about staying positive and and, and recognizing the choices that the people who make these these Star Wars shows for us make. What this show is not going to be is I will not become one of this, these self-proclaimed, quote-unquote, gatekeepers of, of, of pop culture, or, or in this case, of Star Wars. Uh, I, I've, I've gotten a little sick and tired of the antics from these so-called gatekeepers, these self-proclaimed gatekeepers of, of Star Wars. Uh, I, and I, I, I don't have time for it. I really, really don't. You can like the new Star Wars. You can not like the new Star Wars. That is completely your business. Uh, but but trying to I, I don't I don't have the time for the person who wants to get on their high horse, get on their soapbox, and say no. Star Wars is this. Star Wars is a lot of things to a lot of different people, and you know the sooner we we embrace that concept, we embrace that idea that Star Wars is is for everybody and is different things to different people in different generations, especially a, a story like Star Wars that is now you know, learning to transcend into different generations and will be with us forever and ever and ever, long after many of us are dead. Uh, the idea of gatekeeping Star Wars is, I mean, it's laughable. Again, if you don't like the, the content, if you don't like what they're doing, it's okay. You have what you do like of Star Wars. You know, you can watch episodes four, five, and six if that's your Star Wars. You can watch episodes one, two, and three if that's your Star Wars. And, like, you can call it a day. You don't have to... Uh, get invested in these shows. You don't have to, you know, feel the need to sound off all the time because, like, you think you you, you have appointed yourself as, as the boss be-all and all of Star Wars and, and the keeper of all things Star Wars. That's not you. That's not your job. Um, so I'm sorry, it's not. There's a lot of very talented people uh, who are, are doing their best to make Star Wars for... As many people as they can, and and again, whether you agree with that philosophy or not, is up to you. But I, I again, I'm just reiterating. I do not have time for these self-proclaimed gatekeepers. They are. I I don't want to say they're on my last nerve because sometimes their antics can be somewhat amusing, and I I do derive some small joy from uh, you know people screaming at the clouds. <laughs> But man, if you couldn't find anything in this show that you didn't that you didn't like, or I think I did a double negative on that. But if it, there wasn't something in the show for you to enjoy, man, I don't know. I don't know what, what we're what we're even talking about here. Like, this is not going to be the podcast for you because there is one thing we need to recognize about our world here. You know, where we spend most of most of it on social media and on the internet. I know very very well that I will not be changing anyone's minds with this podcast. This podcast is for like-minded people, you know, but I'm hoping it's also for open-minded people. And, and maybe if you, you know, you can disagree and we can we still have a friendly conversation about our disagreement and the things we did and didn't like and, and all that good stuff. But yeah, don't, don't be, don't be one of these self-proclaimed gatekeepers. I mean, unless you get hired by Lucasfilm and then you can claim you're a gatekeeper because <laughs> then maybe that's your actual job, but no, 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 no. There is so much to like in this series, and, and we're going to get into that today because, again, I absolutely love this episode. There are so many things to talk about, so many, um, again, just kind of like levels, layers 
complexity to the to this episode. And again, it's not, you know, it's 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 not. I don't want to compare it to. It's not Shakespeare. <laughs> I mean, we're not we're not getting that layered, but it, it's got some stuff going on, and we're going to talk about the symbolism and the the, the analogies and the metaphors that they're making in a, in, a, in a lot of these scenes, particularly in in the Vader and Obi Wan fight, because that's where a lot of it really comes in in this episode. Uh, and and one of the things I really want to applaud the creators of the series is for uh, is I really thought the show was insanely restrained when it came to fan servicey type of things. You know, I, I thought they did a really nice job of balancing everything out. We got to see a lot of things we wanted to see, uh, but in a way that sort of serviced what we wanted to see as well. Or <laughs> I think I tripped myself up, but in, in a way that worked. You know, we got what we wanted to see, but in a way that worked. It wasn't fan service. It, it was what the story was leading to the entire time. The writing was on the wall. We, we you know, everyone knows. Everyone predicted we would we would see certain things. We would get certain things. And when we got those things, I felt like each and everything was earned. It, 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 it had paid its due in the, in the episodes leading up to it. So that when we got these things in this episode, they were insanely effective. And, and again, I'm, I'm keeping it vague for no real good reason because I know we've all watched the episode. We're here to bask in its glory and, and rejoice. But yeah, I just wanted to get my gatekeeper thing out of my system because a lot of people – I know there's a lot of people on the internet who did not like the show – who do not like what Disney's doing with Star Wars. And and th- again, that is your business. I respect your opinion in, uh, in a lot of ways. But again, the the, the shouting at the clouds and, 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 and telling everyone that you, you are the gatekeeper and you shall not pass. No, no, no. Do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. And yes, I stole that from that Inventing Anna show. It's the only episode that I watched with my wife before I left the room. But it was one of the funniest darn quotes I've got in my repertoire right now. <laughs> so I, I, I pilfered it. I pilfered it and I used it for this occasion. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. Let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about episode six of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Original air date, January 22nd, 2022. Our plot this week. Obi-Wan is drawn into a confrontation with Vader as Luke's fate hangs in the balance. Our top cast this week, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Moses Ingram as Inquisitor Reva and the third sister, or, and, is, slash the third sister. Vivian Leroy Blair, or Leia Organa. Kumil Najiani is Haja Estri. We got O'Shea Jackson Jr. as Roken. Oh, Joel Edgerton as Owen Lars. Bonnie Pisa as Burber, uh, excuse me. Oh boy, I was going too fast. <laughs> Baru Lars. Bonnie Pisa as Baru Lars. Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor. We got uh, Simone Kessel as Bria Organa. Ian McDiarmid as Emperor Palpatine. James Old Jones. Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader. And of course, Jimmy Smith as Senator Bale Organa. Yeah. Yeah. This cast. It's here. They're here. They're rocking it. The episode, just like all the others, directed by Deborah Chow. With written uh, another episode written by Joby Harold, Andrew Stanton also joins the team on this one, and Hossein, Am- Ar- uh, uh, Hossein Amini also getting a credit for this one as well. Oh, and a story credit by for uh, Stuart Beatty. So hey, hey now, how about that? <sighs> All right, gotta catch my breath because this episode picks up right where we left off, and again there are some story cha- some storytelling choices at the beginning of this episode. That again, you can call into question. We, you know, we're gonna get into it right now. 
Uh, let's just talk about the first choice because it's we use it as the sound clip to open the show. Riva is already on Tatooine. That was fast. <laughs> this this episode has played uh, with, with with you know a little loosey goosey with uh, hyperspace travel and just how fastly we can get to places. But uh, Riva gets there insanely quickly. But uh, that I mean that may just be a skill set of hers uh, because you know she got ahead of Leia in in in, in the tunnel in, in Jabim and. No, they weren't on Jabim yet, but you know what I mean. Riva's fast, and again, you can you can critique that, you can criticize that if you want. I tend to to just let it slide because they're telling they're telling their story, and we need a Riva on Tatooine. So we'll just say she rallied and slipped off the planet unnoticed. I mean, Vader and the Imperials—they're busy. They're chasing Roken and Obi Wan, and the other refugees on the shuttle. Uh, so so you know maybe she slipped away, got a got another craft working somehow, some way. And made it to Tatooine. Could we could we pick that apart? We could. We're not going to though, because it, again, by and large, the weight of this episode, the good, far outweighs any any sort of like uh, minor plot issues I may have bumped up against. But yeah, that's we're just gonna get that one out of the way right now. We're just gonna get that one out of the way right now, because it's time. You know what that means. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. We're not going to make it to Tessin, are we? Motivator shot. Power couplings are bad. I'm working on it, but those shields won't last forever. How much time do you need? More than we have. So after Reva makes her threat on Tatooine to the water vendor, that she's looking for a farmer named Ben. We cut to space. We cut to an Imperial Star Destroyer. Vader's Imperial Star Destroyer in hot pursuit of Roken and the Force-sensitive refugees, along with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Princess Leia Organa, as they're attempting to make their escape from Jabim. And it's straight out of Empire Strikes Back. I mean, the music's there. You know, the only thing missing is the asteroids, but the intensity of that Star Destroyer bearing down on the smaller craft uh, that's, you know, proving pretty elusive despite its engine problems and its bad hyperdrive motivator. and uh, all on board are concerned, but they're not freaking out like they probably should be. But that's okay. Maybe maybe they believe that with Obi-Wan there, you know, all's going to be well. He got them off, off the planet, so maybe Obi-Wan's going to use some magic force powers and uh, whip up a wormhole or something for them to transport through. But regardless, they're not, they're, 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 they believe that they're all together and this is going to work out. They have that, that Jedi uh, good guy optimism going for them. Uh, but yeah, then we heard that we hear the truth that uh, they are in, in dire, dire situations, and things are going poorly for them. Uh, there, there's just not enough time to get the ship working. There's, they're not going to make an escape in hi- to hyperdrive anytime soon. And again, the stars are bearing down. Vader has ordered an, an increase in firepower, and and things look bleak. And Obi Wan is probably at this point the most Obi Wan we've seen him thus far in the series. You know, we, we saw the beginning of this in the last episode of Obi-Wan kind of coming back into form as, as, as the character that we sort of recognize him from the Clone Wars. You know, he's, he's sort of shaking off the trauma. He's sort of getting his way, working his way through that to, to come back to the other side and, and to be more uh, of a centered version of himself. And, and he knows, again, he knows Vader. He knows Anakin Skywalker. He believes that he has a plan. And... Uh, you know, again, we know it's going to work because throughout this entire series, Vader has been singularly focused on Obi-Wan Kenobi. He doesn't care 
about this underground network. He doesn't care about the Force-sensitive people that are, that are going to make their escape. He wants Kenobi. And this episode, if, it, if, if the first five didn't hammer at home, uh, this, this episode is really about all these characters dealing with their pasts and, and the pasts, failures, traumas, obstacles to overcome. You know, we, uh, this, this applies to Ben. This applies to Vader. This applies to Reva. All three of them are trying to deal with their pasts and get over them. And, and for Vader, getting, getting over his past, getting past his past, is all about killing Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's how he's going to achieve that. Uh, you know, Ben, it's not as simple. Reva thinks that she's going to get her quote-unquote justice and put her past to rest by now killing uh, the son of Anakin Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, in case, in case you're not following along. <laughs> but yeah, they, they really hit that, that nail on the head in, in this final episode here, that the, these characters, all three of them, are dealing with past issues, past traumas, past atrocities, and, and, you know, and, and this is them working it out. Like, this is all therapy for them, in, in a sense. And, and Vader is dogged in his pursuit of Kenobi here. And let's, let's check it out as Ben will be pleading with the, with the other refugees that, hey, let me do this. Let me help you because you've been helping Jedi for 10 years. You've been helping force sensitive people get away from the Empire for 10 years. This is the least I could do since I've been, you know, sitting in the desert cutting, cutting space fish for you. But before we get to that, that, that particular moment on the, on the ship, uh, we get a moment between Obi-Wan and Leia as, as Leia's helping uh, these children sort of be distracted from the imminent danger they're in, letting, you know, playing with Lola, playing a game, you, you, letting Lola distract them from the, the looming doom over that, that, that hangs above their head, basically, the sort of Damocles, if you will, uh, of the Empire. And, and again, you're just seeing this, this sort of compassionate little girl uh, who's not thinking of herself. She's not thinking of getting home. Uh, she sort of has trust in Ben that they're going to figure this out, I think. She's, she seems optimistic about that. But she's not thinking of her own emotions at this point. She's not thinking of herself. She's helping put these other people at ease. Uh, and, and this is a quality that, that you know, Ben picks up on and, and, and sort of uh, tries to show his appreciation for. And, and I liked the little bit where he says that he wants to borrow Lola because she's gonna make, Lola's going to make everyone feel brave and courageous right now in this, this really dark time. Uh, it's at this point then that we cut back to Tatooine, where the water vendor who was threatened by Riva uh, finds Ben in a parts shop. They gotta get a new belt for the speeder because uh, I guess Luke had a little bit of an accident, and uh, the the water vendor finds Owen to let him know, hey, by the way, um, I wasn't gonna die for you, but I'm gonna give you a heads up that the Inquisitor lady's back and she is looking for you, and uh, yeah. <laughs> we know what that means. Big, big trouble in the Lars farmstead tonight. So let's go ahead and check out the scene where, where Ben is going to share his decision, where Obi-Wan is going to share his decision to step away from the ship, to leave everyone, to draw Vader away, knowing he will pursue him. Uh, Leia doesn't react well to it, but Le Ben's going to lay the plan. <laughs> at this point, I should, I should be going back to calling him Obi-Wan full-time at this point, right? So Obi-Wan's going to lay out the plan, uh, and... and, and, and Again, he's, he's going to make his... It's not even really a, a plea. Uh, he's just going to put out the information out there. He's like, let me help you. This is what I am here to do. Let me be sort of, a, you know, as close as I can be to a, a Jedi Knight once again. 
No, no way. You can't just leave me here. I'm the one that Vader wants. If I go, he will follow. I'm not letting you. Leia, please. Wait, what happened to all of us staying together? Roken needs more time to fix the ship. This will give him that time. You've spent ten years protecting the Jedi. This is my chance to return that favor. But we're so close. Roken, you know this plan makes sense. No, we need you. It'll buy you the time you need. You must get these people out of here. You are all the future. You are the future. You're what needs to survive. No. I, so I really like that sequence. It's really, really hits home um, because it, it's it's Ben sort of realizing what's been going on in the galaxy and realizing that his time may be past, but these people are the future, and that's what's the important part right now. Ben is, is sort of stuck in his past. This is what he's been dealing with throughout the length of this series and how he's sort of been forcibly pulled out of his his melange of, of, of being, you know, wallowing in his past failures. And now he recognizes that he's with these people who have forced him to recognize that the galaxy moves on, and whether you're whether you're participating or not, the galaxy moves forward. It continues to spin, and now he has to get, kind of get back in the game. And he's realizing this. He's recognizing this. He has to help these people to survive. They are what matters, and 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 I like Ben saying it. I also like Leia being. You know, this is one of one of her one of those times where she is a child, where the logic's all there, but she's letting her emotion. Uh, cloud that because she's become attached to Ben. He's a he's a likable, affable fella, and who wouldn't want to hang around with him? I mean, come on, I would. I I understand where she's coming from, but I like I like that <laughs> that uh, uh, Haja steps in at this point for to provide a little levity here, uh, and I I like Obi Wan's uh, plea to him. So check it out. It, again, enjoyable, and it's always again. I'm a big Camille Nagiani fan, so seeing him in this role is 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 just a delight. I find she needs to be given space. Just you must promise me that you'll get her home, Haja, as soon as I'm in the clear. You have my word. Although I know the word of a liar and a fake Jedi may not mean much to you. It's good enough for me. I love the look on his face, on Haja's face, when he gets that, that sort of like, no, Haja, you're a good dude. I respect that. Let's do this. Let's make this thing happen. Again, this episode's hitting. It's hitting so good right now. So just keep hitting me right in the face. I'm loving this. It, 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 at this point in the episode, again, we're six minutes in, and I am so digging what they're putting down for this one. It's just a delight. Meanwhile, back on Tatooine, Owen and Luke have returned to the Lars farm, uh, and now it's time to let Baru know that uh, there's some bad things brewing. <laughs> Baru isn't bad things brewing. There you go. Hey, how about that? That's weird. All right, let's check it out. And and we all thought that Owen Lars was was good with the burns. Baru gets hers in on this one. Check it. Check it out. How did she know it was here? I don't know. All I know is she's coming. Ben is gone. Whose fault is that? Burn. <laughs> need to leave, Baru. We need to take Luke and hide somewhere. Where? In the desert? I'm not leaving my home. At least here we have a chance. We stay. We need help. I'm not putting anyone else in danger, Owen. We're enough. You and me. I love this. Where you know, Bruce pulling out the rifles. They got to be armed to, to fend off the Tusken Raiders when they show up. You know, damaging the moisture evaporators and all that stuff. But again, I, I mentioned back in episode one, the first time we got to see Joel Edgerton back reprising his role as, as Owen Lars. 
Uh, and this this week we get to see uh, Bonnie Peace back as 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 Baru, and I love this. It delights me to no end. You know they didn't get to do a ton uh, in 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 their appearances in episodes two and three, uh, but wonderful to have them come back, especially for 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 Baru to actually get something to do in these episodes uh, or in this particular episode of the show, and to show her being uh, so fierce and protective of of her home. Love that. Love that they're not running off to the woods. They're not scared. I mean, they're scared, but they're not gonna just give in to fear and 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 let Riva run roughshod over their lives. They're gonna defend their homestead. I have questions about the strategy they use when Riva shows up later, but we'll talk about that time when it gets here. But yeah, Baru has a plan, and 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 Owen's Owen's a smart man. He's gonna listen to his woman on this one. Uh, he knows better than to put up a fight with her on this. Now we'll cut back to the starship and. Uh, sort of the final moment, it, 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 the, the goodbye, I should say, between Obi-Wan and Princess Leia as she sort of re, re, begrudgingly accepts that, that Obi-Wan must do this to save everyone's lives. You said you'd take me home. I wish that I could, Leia. Really, I do. Please tell your father I tried. I have something for you. Roken found it before we got out. She would have wanted you to have it. It's empty. Well, I wasn't going to give you a blaster, Leia. You're ten years old. But you won't always be. Emotional. Sad. Love it. Great stuff. I don't know, uh, other than like some comic book appearances, I don't know if this is a holster that, that Leia's hung on to uh, in any of her other film appearances. Um, but I think like, it may just be a reference to like the holster that is very similar to the holster she had in like the old Marvel comics. Uh, but I, I, I can't verify that with any any with a with 100 accuracy or not but again a nice a nice little gift you know the holster from uh from our our our, our former imperial turned uh, jedi smuggler who who perished saving everyone in the last episode of the show so so a nice little moment between the two characters before they have to say goodbye um and and yeah i don't know i just it just works for me but let's go ahead and play out the sequence Get that hug. Come back. Please. I promise. It's a bold move by Obi-Wan to make that promise. No guarantee he's going to make it through what he's about to attempt to do. And he even admits that much when, he, when he's attempting to talk to Master Qui-Gon once again. Which is about what we're going to listen to right now. I have to face him, Master. Whether he dies or I do, this ends today. 
if that doesn't ratchet up the tension, I don't know what does. All right, but Roken is about to make one last attempt to talk Obi-Wan out of this. Are you ready? Dropship's all set. You don't have to do this, you know. We can still fix the drive. I have to go. It's not about us, is it? You want to do it. It's about you and him. Just keep them safe. Keep yourself safe, too. Broken. There are not many leaders left. People follow you. Don't stop. Just getting started. So we have to wonder if we'll see more of Roken at some point. Obviously, he's running this this Jedi Underground ten years before A New Hope, uh, and you know we're going to be spending some time in the past in, in, in the past again when Andor begins. Who knows if they cross paths at a certain point, or if we'll see Roken in some other context in another series at another time. You know, to be determined. But this is this is sort of like the moment where they're all going to break away, and at this point, it's time to to cut back to Lord Vader and hear his thoughts as they witness the escape craft departing. We're tracking an escape craft. There's one life form aboard. That's him. My lord, we must continue our pursuit of the insurgents. Now is our chance to wipe out this network in its entirety. We cannot prioritize one lone Jedi. He is not just any Jedi. Follow Kenobi. At once, Lord Vader. So I love how Vader listens to the Grand Inquisitor, but has no time or interest in anything he has to really say. And he's just like, you don't get it. Get out of here. And I, I, again, the, the reaction of the Grand Inquisitor is like, he just kind of like bows his head to slightly acknowledges like, okay, I, I, you know, I tried, I said my part, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I know what happens to your underlings uh, when they start to try and, and, and make feeble excuses or, uh, you know, go against the grain, if you will. And so, yeah, Kenobi's plan works. They're going to draw the Star Destroyer away and yeah, that's, it's a, it's a good, solid plan. So now we cut back to the large farm at sunset. Beautiful shot, by the way. I love the composition of the farm at sunset with this, the, the twin suns fading in the background. Lovely, lovely. It looks so good. But uh, there is a really key element that I think a lot of, of, of the, the Internet haters uh, maybe missed or have chosen to ignore as this scene's progressing, as this scene plays out, as they are taking, as Baru and Lars are escorting Luke to a safe spot and sort of instructing him what to do if if danger comes, you know, wait for the signal and then bolt. But listen to what is said here, and I I, I shouldn't take that tone with you all. I, I apologize. I I'm, that is directed at the people who are criticizing uh, uh, the 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 notion that that Luke was pursued by an Inquisitor and you know doesn't think any, anything of it. It's because it's because Owen doesn't tell him that. This is what Owen tells him. Listen, check it out. Luke, I need you to listen to me. The Tuscans are on the hunt again. They're raiding farms along the waste. So stay in here. If anything goes wrong, you, you know what to do. You run. I'm not afraid. I know. 
Everything's gonna be fine. All right, great moment. And you get, again, you get a young Luke saying he's not afraid. Again, echoing uh, Luke on Dagobah when he tells Master Yoda that he's not afraid. And Yoda says, you will be. You know, good stuff. But, yeah, it's right there. Owen and Baru tell him that Tuscans are on the hunt. That's what's, that's who's going to be attacking the, the farmstead right now. That's who he has to hide from. That's who he's going to be running from. He's not thinking it's a grand inquisitor of the Empire looking for four sensitive people. And, and again, he gets nary a glance at, at Reva later in the episode, too. So, like, why can't we just go along with what they're trying to, trying to tell us? They, they, they're giving us the explanations. Whether you like that explanation is, is entirely up to you. But they are giving you one, which is much better than them give, not giving you anything. <laughs> so, and just expecting you to go along with it. They're giving us the information. They're giving us something that we can work with. And, and I, again, there's a lot of big, fat raindrops that they're trying to dance around to do these shows leading up to uh, the, you know, episode four. And, and I think they're doing the work. Again, you don't have to agree with everything they do. You don't have to like everything they do. But they're trying. They're putting the effort in. And like I said, I think that's sort of a key component here is that um, maybe it doesn't quite work for you or it doesn't quite work for you the way you want it to. But they're trying. They're they're doing their darndest and, and, you know, keep it up, I guess is what I want to say about that. So now we cut back to space and and the pursuit of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Luckily, there is a planet nearby with a breathable atmosphere. Did Obi-Wan know this ahead of time? Did he just get lucky? Who's to say? But it works. Whatever. It's okay. Uh, and Vader knows what's coming. Vader knows what he wants. And he's, he's again, this is for him. This is him. This is Darth Vader putting his past behind him by killing Obi-Wan Kenobi. Prepare my ship. I will face him alone. And I do want to mention real quickly, uh, you know, in the last episode, I commented that I, I, I didn't like the, the sort of feel of the Star Destroyer bridge uh, when I went at, at the opening of last week's installment. I thought it felt a little cramped, a little claustrophobic. Um, whatever they did this week, no, 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 it feels right. It feels space appropriate. The, the space, relation, space ratios feel appropriate. It is big. It is immense. It is a galactic Imperial Star Destroyer, okay? And it's delightful. Um, I don't know. They haven't said. I have not seen anything to to give this planet on which Obi-Wan and Vader are about to battle a name. But it's a wonderful backdrop. It's a great setting. And, you know, you know the battle. You know what's coming up here. The way, the way they're able to incorporate this environment into their lightsaber fight is awesome. Uh, and I also like the, the low light level setting. So that the, the, the lightsaber blades... You know, the, those colors really strike against the, the, the backgrounds and, and the, the composition of the scenes. I, th- I think it looks phenomenal. It looks really, really exquisite. I, I really liked the, the lightsaber stuff in the third episode. This is better. Like, again, the way the, way the shots are composed, even better. Really, and, and, and again, I think that's by design. You, you sort of tease, and then you, when you get to the climax, the denouement, if you will, you, you, you just punch me right in the face with awesomeness in your final part, in your final installment. And that is exactly what they do here. All right, so things are moving pretty fast here. I forgot to tell you that Lola, uh, that Leia did impart Lola to Obi-Wan as a gift to help keep him safe on his mission. So uh, Lola is waiting in the, in the escape craft for Obi-Wan as he settles down the planet for this 
this confrontation, this eminent battle between former masters, former master, former apprentice, you know, student versus teacher, friend versus friend, brother versus brother, a, a rematch for all rematches. Uh, and, and at the same time, Riva is approaching the Lars homestead. We're going to be cutting back and forth with things. Um, but yeah, she's on the march. She enters the homestead. She has her lightsaber in hand. Uh, and as, as we prepare, we go back to the planet for the battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. And as this begins, you know, the dialogue echoes that from Revenge of the Sith. You know the lines, you know them well, but here they are delivered this in this new episode, and it's mwah, pitch perfect. Have you come to destroy me, Obi-Wan? I will do what I must. There it is. Obi-Wan drops into uh, Form 3 lightsaber stance. The Sorosu maneuver, the Sorosu tactic. Uh, that is the lightsaber t uh, training methodology that he employs. The one, uh, it's... Again, if you read Master and Apprentice about him and Obi-Wan, they talk a little bit about this in, in, in that it is, it, it is a defensive technique at first. It's also allow, it's the one that enables Jedi to deflect blaster bolts most easily. Um, but it also allows that once you master its defensive uh, complexities, that your offensive skills can really be fine-tuned and, 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 you know, really just perfect, perfect stuff. But yeah, seeing him strike that pose, seeing Obi-Wan go back into, into the Form 3 is is awesome it's so good and again another another little reminder here that that this is obi-wan being obi-wan again he's, he's still not obi-wan Allegenis episode four obi-wan yet where he takes a more um measured approach in his lightsaber combat and and you know we see that transition when we catch up with 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 obi-wan uh in in the mall episode of star wars rebels in season three so you know, he's not to that transition yet. He's Obi-Wan as we know him best from the Clone Wars era. And it is a delight. So let's check out the rest of the, the opening taunts between the two. Then you will die. And so it begins. The most epic lightsaber battle we've seen on, on a Disney Plus show thus far. That's a fact. So yeah, buckle up, because all the action is is, is beginning here, uh, and and again, this is gonna cut back and forth between the stuff going on uh, on Tatooine, but it's gonna be hard not to talk about this stuff. It's it's so good, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna do our best to kind of follow along with the episode. So so stay tuned. We're gonna cut back and forth. So Reva's at the Lars homestead. She engages her lightsaber, and Owen and Beru begin their defense of the homestead and of Luke Skywalker. Uh, and it's not going well for them already. It doesn't take too, too long. Even a, even a severely injured Reva, again, suffering from uh, the, the harsh impaling she received at the hands of Darth Vader. She's slowed, she's weakened, but she's, again, much like the Inquisitor uh, talked about, powered by anger at this point in her, in her life to see her through these injuries. Uh, and, you know, I, I, would, uh, I would imagine she, you know, on her way to Tatooine, she had to have put some kind of back to treatment together, right? To, to kind of make it this far. I couldn't imagine walking around with a gaping hole in my 
in my abdomen uh, feeling that great. I get it that it's cauterized from those those sweet, sweet, sweet lightsabers, but uh, yeah, I still can't feel good. I mean, I don't know, is the hole still there? Did she put some back together to kind of fill it? Does it, does it work that way? Or, uh, you know, I, love to know more, more of these answers, but I don't think we're going to find out. Meanwhile, we cut back to the battle between Vader and Kenobi. And it's it's awesome. It's epic. It's everything we want it to be. Uh, and and the, they're using the environment around them. They're engaging in 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 combat techniques we haven't seen necessarily. Like it's it's sort of it's not a recreation of their battle from from Mustafar. It, it's sort of an evolution of that. Um, but it's also Obi Wan kind of getting his getting his getting his groove back, right? Like he's kind of feeling himself again, and he's doing the things he needs to do to win this fight. But Vader recognizes that he's still not ready to actually beat him. And and that's this wonderful moment right here. Your strength has returned. But the weakness still remains. So yeah, there's a rock thrown at Obi-Wan at this point. They re-engage. And again, the, the way that Vader just shoves that rock across the planet with the force just really really awesome stuff here and ah oh it's so good here right it's 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 everything oops sorry i didn't mean to do that <laughs> but man, at this point if you're not just loving what you're seeing i i I'm, I'm sorry for you i really really am all right so vader's about to get the drop on him again finishing out this sequence of the fight it's pretty good stuff check it out <laughs> And that is why you will always lose. So at this point, we start to kind of get into our, our metaphors, our symbolism, as as Vader opens a giant sinkhole into the planet, throwing Obi-Wan down into it, and then piling rock after rock after rock on top of him. And and essentially, this is Vader trying to bury his past, right? Like, this is him putting everything to bed so that now he can move forward as the second Dark Lord of the Sith and, and, and work on his plans to overthrow Palpatine to become the main Sith and get his own apprentice, maybe maybe Starkiller. Ooh, are we going to bring that into continuity? That'd be fun. But for Obi-Wan, this is also a, a moment of the past being buried as well. But we'll get to that in a moment because I think we are about to cut back to the Lars farmstead to see what's going on with Reva. All right, yeah, we got Reva on a catwalk against Owen. Let's go ahead and check it out, see how things are going for, for, our, for our moisture farmers. You really love the boy. Like he's your own. He is my own. All right, we're going to pause it right there because you don't need to hear all that grunting. But yeah, it, it, we, we, I tried to hammer the point home uh, in the first episode when we, when we were talking about Owen Lars. And 
you know, if you think Owen Lars is just some grumpy old dude from episode four who's trying to keep Luke down, keep him stuck on the farm, you know, making him do all these chores and stuff like that, you're missing the point of Owen Lars. Owen is the protector of Luke Skywalker. He is his adopted father. Yeah, he's his uncle, but he's also his father at this point. I mean, and that's what Owen loves him as his own son. And I think that's something that's often uh, neglected, skipped over, not talked about nearly enough. And, and we're seeing it on display in this battle as, as Beru and, and, and Owen go toe-to-toe with someone who greatly outmatches them, even, even as weakened as she is, which is why you know Owen's able to get a few shots in. Beru gets a drop on her in, in, a, you know, in a couple minutes as well. But it, it's, it's important to remember that Reva's really hurt. But it's also important to really, really remember that, these, that Owen and Beru love Luke like he's their son. And, and, and that is so important and something maybe not talked about enough from the original trilogy, from episode four in particular. Um, you know, because like Owen won't, won't, Owen won't let him transmit his application to the Academy and blah, 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 all these things. He's keeping Luke down. He's being a grump, blah, blah, blah. No, no. Owen knows the plight of Anakin Skywalker, the fate, the fall. And, and he doesn't want to see that for, for his adopted son. And it's, a, it's as simple as that. It's, and it's a lovely, elegant little thing. Uh, and I, I take real, I, I take real enjoyment in, in seeing seeing Joel Edgerton uh, deliver these lines so so powerfully, in my opinion. So again, he Reva will get past Owen. Brew will get a shot in on Reva, but that she sends Luke running. Luke doesn't see who's pursuing. Luke is off before Reva really gets into the room, and and the lightsaber's off. There's no red glow. Well, there's maybe a little red glow in this one particular scene, but when Reva emerges back into the desert, lightsaber's off. When Luke looks behind him, there's no red glow coming his way. It's Reva in pursuit, injured, panting, uh, in pain, as, as, as Luke makes his way to, to the canyon. And again, in Luke's mind, he's being pursued by Tuscans. All right? That's, that's Bible. That is believable. And that's what he thinks is after him. That's what he's running from. Now we're gonna cut back to tattooing. We're gonna cut back to the battle planet, where 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 Obi Wan using the Force to keep himself from getting crushed, is is literally buried by his past at this point, right? He Vader, it, again, looking at it as Anakin Skywalker or as Darth Vader, his failures, Obi Wan's failures, have now buried him, and he has to find something to. Basically, basically, what's going to happen here? Let, let's kind of cut to the chase instead of me trying to make some kind of clumsy metaphor. He's about to experience a rebirth. All right, he's going to spring forth from the ground, a new man in in many many senses because he is about to bury his past in these in these moments here beneath the surface of this planet as he is going to recount all the all the the the, the things he heard his friends say to him, uh, whether it was on Mustafar, whether it was earlier in the, in this series, Anakin. Vader, all of it, all these things that have haunted Obi-Wan for 10 years and for, and for the past few episodes. This is his time to put that all behind him because he finds something else to to believe in, to work towards, to be hopeful about. And what a surprise. It's Luke and Leia. Commit your feet. You cannot run. Oh, you're my 
Obi-Wan springing out of the ground, reborn, rebirth, right here. The metaphor's right there. You're, you're looking at it. And again, the, the moment, the flashbacks, the, you know, seeing Luke, spending this time with Leia, it has altered his perception of everything. It has allowed him to put the past behind him because the future is what matters. It's like what he said to those people. But now he actually believes it in a way where before it was it was words and maybe he believed it. But now he it, it's, it's, it's his core belief. And it allows him to have the force flow through him in a way that he has not had it flow through him in a very, very long time. And that is why we are about to see the Jedi Master at the height of his powers with the will of the force flowing through his body. Again, you can make the comparison the way Anakin slash Vader uses the force as a tool where they, where he uses it not – it doesn't flow through him. It is around him. It, it, it's something he uses as a weapon, pushes, repels, pulls. No, no, no. Through Obi-Wan, it now flows. And that is a very powerful – detriment it is the antithesis of what vader does with the force and we get to see again the jedi master at the height of his powers now i want to put a little disclaimer out here as well a little little side note as you will because i I know there are a lot of big time vader fans that are fairly upset by by seeing vader get the, the the snot kicked out of him by his former master you know it it, it is. I understand. We got to, we get to see a lot. We've gotten to see a lot of cool Vader stuff over like the last few years of him shredding people, cutting through uh, uh, the the Tantive Four uh, security team. What he does in Episode Three, dragging people, choking them out, breaking their necks, lighting people on fire, aka Obi Wan on fire. I mean, we have seen Darth Vader be a total B A in 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 recent years, and that it does not det- take away from him that he gets the crap beat out of him at this end of the fight, at this stage of the fight, uh, because he's not the master. He is, he is still, in many ways, he is still the apprentice. He is still uh, a flawed apprentice at that, too. The, the way I like to look at it, too, is another reminder that, that Anakin, deep, deep down, like Luke tells us in the original trilogy, deep, deep down, Anakin Skywalker is still somewhere in there, despite... The, the the outward appearance that we have at this moment. So you have to remember that Anakin Skywalker is not pure, was never, ever pure, evil, unadulterated, uh, uh, never that simplistic. He is a fallen hero. He had a moral center. He believed in doing the right thing. And, and it was emotions. It was his determination to save Padme. It was all these things that were twisted and turned against him that led to his fall. He was not pure evil from the very, very beginning. Uh, so there is conflict. Luke senses the conflict in him. And, and maybe this conflict be, really becomes more uh, tangible with Vader Anakin uh, in the original trilogy once he knows he has a son. But there's got to be still that morsel there, that nugget, that little tiny subatomic particle of Anakin must still exist in there somewhere if finding out that he has a son begins to spark the conflict with him for Luke to take advantage of and, and to try and bring his father back. So I, I, I say all that to remind us that, again, Vader is not a remorseless, evil monster. Yes, he does horrible things, but he once was a good man, and, and that's what we have to sort of remember about this fight. 
and what we're going to talk about at the t- other side of the fight. We'll get into a little bit more, but yeah, let's 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 get into this a little bit because again, some key dialogue is about to happen here, and we have to talk about it. But I love the sequence here. Obi Wan, again, reborn, rebirthed from the surface of this planet, uh, launching into a, a new, full fledged attack against Vader, and it's just a, a, a pummeling. A pure pummeling, again, the force flowing through Obi-Wan in a way that we've not seen in so, so very, very long. Uh, and and in pro- perhaps in a way that it, it's never flown through him as, as strongly as this, with his beliefs now sort of restored, his faith in, the, in, in, in his hope restored for the galaxy, basically. And, you know, if we're starting Star Wars, we talk about hope, and that's what we get with this. And I, I'm, I'm sort of beleaguering the point. I'm kind of just rambling at this point. So let's, let's get back into the show. Let's check out the sequence here we go. The pummeling of Vader with these rocks at the behest of Obi-Wan is just off the charts awesome. It is a great moment. It is insanely well shot, composed, directed, put together. But I love Vader fighting through it, powering through it. And this is when we get to the next final moments of this battle that is so, so epic. Ah, but we have to cut back to Tatooine now. <laughs> and that's the that's the hard part with doing this podcast right now, is the cuts back and forth between the two, uh, the A and B storyline that are running, and Reva's pursuit of Luke Skywalker in the canyon. And again, I remind us all, Luke believes he's being pursued by Tuskens. Never once does he really catch a good glimpse of of, of Riva to say otherwise. And as she brings him crashing to the ground, um, yeah, he still won't know because he's unconscious. <laughs> so he never gets a look at the red lightsaber at all. Not once. Doesn't happen. All right, now we go back to the battle. And this is the sequence here that I really loved. When when Obi-Wan turns his lightsaber and begins using the hilt to smash Vader in the chest plate, throwing more rocks at him, and then the big move. Across the back. And listen to the breathing. We haven't heard that since Jedi. There it is. The big blow. The helmet breaker. The moment. The moment is here. Listen to Vader. No one has took it to Vader like this since Kenobi lasted in Revenge of the Sith, right? Like, that's what we're going with. You know, he's had some... Vader's had some confrontations in the comic books, but not like this. Nothing like this thus far. Vader is is, is, is rocked to his core. Everything he thinks he believes about himself as he, as he is the superior being, he is the master now, Obi-Wan Kenobi's just put him in check. Obi-Wan Kenobi's just reminded him he is the master of nothing. And 
the, 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 the first time I saw it, the first night on Wednesday night, Wednesday morning, I guess, you know, around 12.30, 12.45, whatever it was, when this scene played out on my television, and I'm watching it, and he looks up, and it's the left side of his mask cracked where we see Anakin, the charred, burned face of Anakin, now even more damaged after this lightsaber battle and the, and the shot to the head from Obi-Wan's lightsaber. And again, the duality, you have to, it, it has to strike a chord with you. If you are a fan of the Star Wars animated shows, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the, the duality with Star Wars Rebels when another battle of similar import takes place in, uh, in, in uh, I believe it's Night of the Apprentice, when Ahsoka returns to, to battle Darth Vader in an ancient Sith temple. And a similar, very similar move happens between them, where she gets a lick in on Vader, cracking his helmet on the right side of his face, and her being able to peer into the helmet, see the burned, desiccated flesh of Anakin Skywalker, the, the red-rimmed eyes and... and, and you know, black pool of the Sith eye of Anakin Skywalker. And that moment compounded with this moment. Again, there was something at first I was like, I was kind of shook by it. I was like, oh, I've, I'm, I'm, they're doing this. I've seen this. But, uh, and, and so for a moment, it took, it took a little bit of the, of the, of the edge away. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I saw this on, on Rebels. Like Ahsoka does this. But the more I thought about it as it plays out, the more it sort of connected with me, like this sort of duology or duality even, between the, the two fights, between the two most important people to Anakin Skywalker who are not Padme Amidala, his brother, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and his apprentice, uh, Ahsoka Tano. They have bested him to, to such a degree that they have cracked the helmet. They have seen their former friend, their former teacher, their former Padawan. And, and it, it, it really struck a chord with me that... And again, to me, it sort of it sort of reminds me of that conflict that still sort of lingers in in Anakin Skywalker's soul, whether it you know it, it's subatomic or not. It's still sort of there that Anakin was such a good teacher to Ahsoka that she can get him, that she can best him in this con in, in a battle. But he was such a stubborn learner that he hasn't quite been able to one up Obi Wan Kenobi. So it sort of shows that duality of. Anakin is a great teacher, but as sort of a poor student. Uh, and, and, and again, this moment for, for each of those characters, for Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, it's a, it's a powerful moment as well to, to sort of see, once again, their friend and how far he has fallen. Um, it, 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 it really, really resonated with me in, in a way uh, that, that at first, like I said, I was like, oh, there's copying Rebels. But no, 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 I, that, that only lasted for a moment before I, th I thought much more deeply about it and sort of the, the symbology of the two halves being cracked by the two most important people in the Jedi world to Anakin Skywalker. Uh, and, and I still, it, it still sort of shakes me uh, when I watch the scene. And I, I have watched the episode three times all the way through uh, this fight. I've watched like eight times, but <laughs> because it just gets me and, and we're going to play the sequence. We're going to play the dialogue between the two at this point, because again, there is very, very important stuff that we can play with star Wars ca uh, canon with. And, and leads to Star Wars moments that uh, that it, maybe you didn't want those justified before. Maybe you think that it's unimportant to justify some of these things. But they're there. They exist. And we must acknowledge them. And like I said, I respect them. I respect the efforts made to uh, uh, weave this wonderful tapestry together. 
So let me stop talking and play out the rest of this incredibly powerful sequence. Anakin. Anakin's gone. I am what remains. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anakin. For all of it. I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Chilling. Just chilling. The way that they're intermixing Hayden's voice and the James Earl Jones Vader voice uh, it, it just, it's so intense. And again, sort of, again, we're going back to duality, but this time within Vader, within Anakin Skywalker, and the idea that they are two separate, very, very different people. You know, we have Sith Lord Darth Vader versus former fallen Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker. And this leads directly into what Obi-Wan will tell Luke Skywalker in episode four. Your father was betrayed and murdered by Darth Vader, a former pupil of mine. And then, again, he's twisting the facts a little bit to make it sound like Vader was, you know. But it, it, all, it all comes together. It all sort of jives. Like it, this, it sort of, this gives Obi-Wan the certain point of view that he's going to be teaching Luke about later on. And, and, and again, from Anakin Vader's point of view, uh, it, Darth Vader killed Anakin Skywalker, right? That was, that was what happened on Mustafar. Anakin died Darth Vader was re- was reborn in a laboratory on Coruscant. Now again, Palpatine may have dar- dubbed Anakin uh, uh, Vader before the Battle of Mustafar, but this was sort of like a whole different emerging, like a, a sort of that's a different rebirth. What happens after Mustafar, right? And and again, it sort of goes into that that whole thing that of of Anakin versus Vader and who is who. So the little bits of Anakin that that again that tiny tiny bit that's still in there. That tells that tells Obi Wan that like you didn't kill me, I killed me, and it, it, it gets into that self loathing, that 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 idea that Vader hates himself almost as much as anything else in the galaxy, or perhaps more than anything else in the galaxy, he hates himself for what he has become, and this is this is classic classic Vader psychology stuff. Uh, if if you've read any of the old comic books, Dark Horse in particular used to explore this this theme a lot. Uh, and, and and it really really sings. I I I love seeing this kind of brought back into into uh, Vader psychology because again this show may be called Obi Wan Kenobi but we get a, a really lengthy look into the psyche of Darth Vader here and it's uh it's powerful man it's really really powerful stuff and again the look on Ewan McGregor's face the way he's acting the way he's emoting the feelings that he is expressing seeing what has become of his friend. Uh, and, and hearing these words, 
is it's just awesome and and i i don't think <laughs> there there was some sort of on, on, online commentary that like anakin's absolving obi-wan of, of of any wrongdoing and i don't think that's it at all i i think obi-wan again he's he's truly remorseful he feels so sorry for his friend for what he's caused to happen to his friend um but again this was Vader is, is, is sort of aware that Anakin had to die for Vader to live. And that was his doing. That was his choice. This was his fall. And that, that the battle with Kenobi was sort of... It, it was sort of... Um, what's the word I want to use? Uh, it was something that happened. It is what it is, right? But Vader had to rise. And to do so, Anakin had to fall. So it happened. And it happened as... Vader needed it to, I suppose. But it, just awesome. Awesome stuff. The same way I will destroy you. Then my friend is truly dead. Goodbye, Darth. And again, we link up perfectly with Episode Four because when, when Kenobi and Vader battle on the Death Star, he calls him Darth, like it's his first name. So we get the first mention of that. Again, this sort of all weaves it together. And again, you can you can push back against it if you want to, or you can embrace it. And I choose to embrace it because I think it's it, I think it's really pretty pretty well executed in my, in my opinion. And, and I, I think a lot of people agree. <laughs> and I love this particular moment, too, because, again, Kenobi chooses to walk away, much like he did on Mustafar. The battle's over. Anakin's lost. Anakin cannot beat his former master. He is down, defeated, and Anakin is, or Vader is pissed. He's angry and, and, and lets out a, a Darth Maul-esque bellow at his former master, and I, I have to play that part. That's awesome. It's awesome. And, you know, if you want to play the game, if you want to be like, whoa, why is he let Vader live? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. He has to let Vader live. But this is, again, this is the reborn Kenobi. Trusting the will of the Force. Becoming much like Master Qui-Gon in that sense. Like, the future is going to take care of itself. Darth Vader's fate is not for him to, to determine, to decide. Uh, he, he played his part. He did what he was supposed to do. Now he has to go back to the role that he's meant for, and that's to protect the future, to protect Luke and Leia, and and the future. I think you know, he, like, as he tells Ben, or as he tells Owen at the end of the episode, uh, the the let the future take care of itself. And, uh, Obi-Wan did his part. Obi-Wan has done his part, and so leaving Vader in this state, humbled, beaten, broken, shattered. Uh, Effective. It's insanely effective. 
I, I think it sends a much more powerful message. And it's a reminder to Darth Vader that he is not the be-all, end-all, that there is still much for him to learn. And again, to be that roundly defeated by, by his former master. And again, he, Vader can't put the past behind him. This is going to stick in his craw for a long, long time. These are those dark side negative emotions that drive the dark side characters. And his inability to, to escape these things, even though he's going to tell the Emperor that, no, I'm good, bro. Kenobi, whatever. It, it, it gnaws at him. It consumes him. The idea of vengeance against his former master is, is almost too much for him. Uh, so Vader, unable to bury his past. As, as again, he tried to, and it was reborn more powerful than he, he could possibly imagine. And, 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 and this is the plight of the dark side, right? And this is the plight of Vader. This is why he can't surpass Palpatine. This is why he's always number two. This is why he's not running the Galactic Empire. No, no, no. So he leaves Vader broken, battered, shattered. And, and it's at this point, as he's leaving the planet that he gets the flash of Luke in danger and it's time to hurry back to Tatooine. Again, he gets there real, real fast. Really, really fast. But uh, that's how this episode is going to work. And and this is when Reva is going to be able to finally put her past behind her, despite the fact that she thinks... Now, we, did, we, did, we skipped over the part where when Owen's asking her, like, what do you want? And she claims that she wants justice. And we all know that's not it. She wants revenge. There is no justice. Killing an innocent child uh, to... Just because it's the son of the person who murdered all your friends, that's not justice. That's just revenge. And again, a negative, dark side emotion. And what we're going to see, what we experience with Reva, is that she can't do it. She flashes back to seeing herself, her friends, her other Padawans dead, looking at the face of Anakin Skywalker as he kills them, as, she, as he kills her. And, and she's unable to bring the blade down to take the life of an innocent. And it's that sort of conflict within her rising up. You know, she again, I sort of suppositioned that last week to become an Inquisitor, she probably had to do horrible, horrible things and has probably killed many, many people in her quest for revenge against Darth Vader. Uh, so I, I don't buy this narrative that she was a good person in her quest for revenge against Vader. But as Obi-Wan's going to talk to her, uh, she's she's put that behind her because of her choice not to kill Luke. She's made that decision. She's brought the boy back to Owen, to Baru. And, and we're just, we're just going to get to the point where the two are going to talk, where, where Obi-Wan is going to be, once again, a Jedi Master, but in a very, very different way to this former wayward Padawan who, is, who had fallen so far off the path. But now, now is, is seeing the light once again. So let's go ahead and check this out. Again, we, 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 we're we skipping the, her flashbacks because, again, it, it's, it's really just sound effect. <laughs> but it's, it's a really effectively done montage of her, her scene, Anakin and Vader and the bodies of her friends and her own body there against the rocks. She's about to bring her lightsaber down on Luke. Uh, just, just really well done. I, I think it, it really rounds the character in, in, the, in the form. And, and, and again, let's just, let's just let Obi-Wan lay it out for us. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I failed him. He killed them all and I couldn't do it. 
You haven't failed them. By showing mercy, you have given them peace. You have honored them. Have I become him? No. You've chosen not to. Who you become now. It is up to you. Now you are free. We both are. All right. I love that. That, like we talked about earlier in the episode, this is the moment Riva is able to put her past behind her. She's able to move on, move forward, not killing Luke, making that choice to be the better person, to move on and to not become like Darth Vader, the person she was hunting, the person she was, in in essence, emulating by trying to kill a small, innocent child. And and she she is cognizant, and I think she has a lot to repent for and a lot of things to make up for. But that part of her her life, that chapter of her life, is closed now. She's putting the past in the past, just like just like Obi-Wan Kenobi did. They are both free from the mistakes and the failures and the sins of their pasts, and they are able to move forward now in a different direction. Again, Reva is now in the, out in the galaxy. Uh, what she chooses to do, maybe we'll see more of her in other shows down the road. I'd like to think that in, 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 in my mind, my, my sort of natural inclination is that she will uh, link up with, with, with uh, Roken and start helping... A, a shepherd the the, the force sensitive children and, and wayward Jedi's to safety from the Empire. That she'll sort of attempt her a, a sort of a, a penance by by aiding the people that she was hunting at one point. That's sort of what I see for her. But again, I'm not in charge of Riva's ultimate destiny. I'm not in charge of these shows. But that's sort of where I see her going. I think that makes a ton of sense. But but by all means, share your speculation with me. What do you think the future has in store for Riva? Maybe hanging out with Qu- Quinlan Voss, saving some other Jedis and some Force Sensitives with Roken. That'd be a show I'd watch. Bring it. <laughs> now we're going to come back to Mustafar. Vader's got himself a new helmet. He's got himself a new chest plate. Uh, and uh, the anger is about the only thing that flows through this guy. He's fired up. We're tracking every system within range. We will destroy everything in our path until he is found. You seem agitated, my friend. I almost laughed <laughs> when, when I heard that line. The way Vader, or the way Palpatine just sort of like pokes him 
It's just, <laughs> oh, it got me. And again, seeing Ian McDermott come back is always a delight. He will not obey me again. I wonder if your thoughts are clear on this, Lord Vader. Perhaps your feelings for your old master have left you weakened. If your past cannot be overcome, Kenobi means nothing. I serve only you, my master. had to let the Imperial March play for a little bit. But yeah, uh, Vader clearly lying through his teeth. <laughs> and, and Palpatine's smiling about it because uh, he's reasserting his observance to his master. And I think Palpatine knows. Palpatine knows he's always going to be, be, be consumed by Kenobi, by his failures, by his failings. And that's always going to keep Palpatine in charge. Uh, Vader will never rise to the to the the levels that he needs to to defeat Palpatine to usurp the title of 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 the one Sith, right? It's not going to happen. No, no, no. Vader or Palpatine enjoys Vader like this in many many senses <laughs> because he's able to control him. He's able to manipulate him. He's able to keep him uh, on a leash in 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 in, in a sense. And uh, yeah, Vader. Whew, Probably didn't like it, but he, he, he knows that he is, he is born to serve at this point. All right, now we're going to cut back to Alderaan as our favorite rebel princess is getting all decked out. We see her uh, adorning a lot of the gear she acquired on her adventures and looking very much the, the, the rebel leader, rebel princess uh, that we will come to know and love. Uh, and, and she's going out with, with Brea and, and to meet up with Bail Organa. And they're going to greet a new visitor, but it's, it's an old visitor. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Lola! Who am I to separate a young lady from her droid? Obi-Wan. Thank you. Of course. We can never repay you. Well, she has already done that. I fear for her future. The Empire grows stronger and bolder. Well, if you ever need my help again, you know where to find me. Let's hope that day never comes. All right, now we're going to get to the nice moment between Leia and Obi-Wan that... Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Let's just play it. What do you do now? I don't know. What do you think I should do? I think you should sleep. <laughs> I think you're right. All right, this is the part right here. That's a good chuckle, but this is the heart. This is the emotion. This is the part that was like, got me, got me right in, in my chest. Leia, 
When I said before that I didn't know your parents, Princess Leia Organa, you are wise, discerning, kind-hearted. These are qualities that came from your mother. But you're also passionate and fearless, forthright. And these are gifts from your father. Both were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter. I wish I could tell you more. It's okay. You don't have to. So the fact that 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 Ben is now able to look back at at, at at Anakin and remember him for who and what he was and not what he became and what not what he fell to. Uh, again, and more of the, the sort of rebirth for Obi-Wan, the sort of reborn Kenobi who has put the trauma, the, the failures, and, and, and the, the, you know, he's put all that behind him now. He's, he's, he's more centered, more present, more aware, and he can remember the good times. He doesn't remember Anakin in that negative way anymore, in that negative context. The, the distinction, the separation between Anakin and Vader uh, now is fully formed in his mind. He can now distinguish between the two, and he can remember Anakin for who he was, the friend he was, the apprentice he was. And, and again, that just shapes so much of Obi-Wan's impression when he talks to Luke in Episode Four. Uh, it's really, really quite quite delightful. Uh, now, this part of the conversation I think is very, very important too, because as people like to to bring up, why you know, and, and when they were very derisive about about Obi Wan on a mission on a, on you know with Leia spending all this time together, why well why doesn't Leia just call him you know Ben Kenobi on the hologram? Be like, hey, remember that time we had all these adventures? Blah blah blah. Again, yeah, I don't I don't want to point point out the obvious, but the Kenobi show wasn't in the works in 1977, so. They, they, again, they, they try to tackle it. They try to give you your explanation for why she will address him formally as she does in the hologram that she records and puts into, into R2-D2. So let's, let's hear their explanation now. Thank you. Will I ever see you again? Maybe. Someday. If you ever need help from a tired old man. But we must be careful. No one must know, or it could endanger us both. See, it's right there. It's right there. They, they make the effort. They put in the effort. They did the work. You can choose to accept it or you can choose to fight against it. I choose to accept it and enjoy it and embrace the effort. I love it. Let's 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 close this puppy up because it's now it's time for the new reborn Obi-Wan Kenobi to go back to Tatooine and and change the way he's been doing things for the past 10 years. And he's going to move out of his cave. It's time to put all that behind him and and sort of don the familiar robes that we will come to know him as when we catch up with him at the beginning of episode 4. Uh, you know, the white lightsaber back hanging on his hilt not hiding not as not as much hiding as he was before uh he still has that t16 model that he wants to give to luke uh, and he's gonna ride his eop 
to the Owen to Owen and uh, Baru's farm one more time to the homestead. And what's interesting, what I I put, I put that out on the social media today uh, is 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 it's the, his outfit insanely reminiscent of Star Wars fifteen, uh, which which was one of the books that was chronicling the adventures of of of. of no, not the adventures, but the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, his time on Tatooine before A New Hope, and his costume, the goggles, the white Jedi robes with the lightsaber on the hilt. It's all right there on the cover. Check it out on the social medias. It's right, right there. Now let's hear as as Obi-Wan and, and Owen Lars have another conversation, and, and Ben just acknowledges Owen being right and, and accepting it. doing here I thought you were gonna keep your distance and I will you know you were right he just needs to be a boy the future will take care of itself The only protection he needs now, Owen, is you and Baru. Take good care of him. Listen as he's walking away again. The music's nice and wonderful, but you hear like the, the familiar background noises of Tatooine as as he's walking away. I loved it so so much, but. Uh, this maybe against his best his his better judgment uh owen's not done yet and is going to offer a bit of an olive branch to obi-wan here dan you want to meet him And now it's time for the other moment we've all been waiting for since we heard the show was coming right up. Hello there. Just magical. I can't. I don't know how else to explain it other than that. I just—it's just so delightful. They—they they put all the stuff in there that we wanted. Again, I felt it was earned. I didn't feel like it was fan servicey at all. Totally, totally thought they did everything that they needed to do, and and it 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 all lands perfectly in my opinion. The hello there, the new outfit connecting the dots. It's all right, right there. Now let's close out the show with the other moment we were all waiting for. Master Qui-Gon. Well, took you long enough. Beginning to think you'd never come. I was always here, Obi-Wan. You just were not ready to see. 
Come on. We've got a ways to go. And I suspect he means that in more ways than one, because again, Obi-Wan's been uh, neglecting that training that Yoda had for him, and now that he, again, the Force is flowing through him in a way in which it has not in so, so long, and his perception, his world has opened, and now it's time for, for Obi-Wan Kenobi to graduate. <laughs> I don't like that word. I don't want to say graduate, but it's time for Obi-Wan to grow into the character that we know him to be when we meet up with him in episode four. Uh, wizened, maybe a tad eccentric, but all, you know, he, ha he had that all-knowing Jedi Master vibe to him, and, and that is much more where we leave him at this than we did at the beginning of the series. So I, th I think the progression for the character has been just simply wonderful, simply, simply outstanding in, in the way they landed these things. It all works so, so well for me. I was just delighted by everything they did. And, and you know, we're, we're a day out. I've watched the episode, yeah, one, one full day out. And, and I've watched the episode, like I said, three times all the way through. And, and I'm, just, I'm just delighted by it every time I watch it. I, I, it really, really works for me. It lands in all the right places. And the action's just top-notch. I think Deborah Chow did a phenomenal job. Uh, the, the writing team did a phenomenal job. I, this was going to be a, this was going to be a really hard series to work around, you know. And uh, you know, I know a million people on the internet they would just they were like, oh, it should be more like the John Jackson Miller story. And I get that, I understand that. I, I love that book as much as you do. But they they you know they wanted for these Disney Plus shows they want to swing big, and and I'm okay with that. If if you can if you can bring your show together and 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 you know again dance between those giant raindrops, uh, but stick the landing at the end. I think that I think this worked insanely well. This might be my favorite of the Disney Plus shows thus far because I th it was really ambitious. It was a really Herculean task, uh, and it worked. It's just Obi Wan Kenobi is just one of these great characters, and to have him come back in this way, really, really well done. Great, great stuff. I I, I think this production really excelled. Um, there are some, you know again there are some some you know quirks to the story you know there was no real resolution with inquisitor stuff it would have been nice if the stuff between third sister fourth sister and fifth brother had, had kind of culminated into anything but that just sort of drifted away sort of fell off uh you know there, there's some minor things like that you could quibble over but uh, but i choose not to by and large everything in this works for me the way i want it to and i am a-okay with the way it all uh, the way it all wrapped up, it was just 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 really really well done, really well executed. I mean, again, again, you could argue that there was way way too many epilogues, but I don't. I loved every second of it. It's so good. Ah, what a delight! What a, a delightful show. I look forward to re rewatching this. Uh, because to me, it comes home. It it really does. Again, the, you know, you, you've listened to the, me talk about these these six episodes. You know, there I had some hiccups here and there. In, in episodes like episode four in particular has some hiccups for me, but but I, I guess sort of the question you have to ask yourself right is is like does does the show merit its existence? And you know, it, 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 that's that a complicated question. Like, would my would my Star Wars world be less if it didn't exist? And I don't know. I don't really have much to say to that, other than the fact that I I I think it would be. In some way, I think it would be. Again, it, 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 this was a hard job. To do everything they were trying to do, to have a conversation with Vader before their their final battle between 
uh, sorry, uh, in episode four, you know, to, to to put one together between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, and 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 to try to make these things all work, I'm in. I I I really really am. I don't know really what else to say about it. I don't want to argue too much about it because I know some people had don't care for that. They didn't think they needed this in their in their lives, and I I can't argue with that. That that is completely their opinion. They are entitled to that opinion. More power to them. Uh, but yeah, I I. I you know how I feel about getting away from the original trilogy and, and its trappings, like exploring new parts of space, new parts of uh, Star Wars lineages—not lineages necessarily, but like of the of the legacy of the galaxy. You know, there's different avenues to pursue. Um, and if we're gonna do that, which I do strongly, strongly encourage, uh, at least we got one more dance with Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi, and and a Ewan McGregor who. And I should mention Hayden Christensen as well. We get to have them come back to the series and and be embraced by the fan base in, in a way that they were not when the, when their movies came out 20 years ago. And and to have them come back and feel the love in a way that I, I, I think they deserved to feel 20 years ago, um, better late than never, I suppose. But but to have people genuinely excited about that is, is awesome. And I'm just just tickled that they pulled this off I and I like I said I think they pulled it off very, very well. Nine buckets, nine buckets, maybe nine and a half. My quibbles in this episode are so small and minuscule. It's nine buckets. The the, the duology, the 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 idea of these people putting their past behind them, burying the past, moving on, looking towards the future. Uh, it's it's all there in the story. I I dig that. Well done. Cheers to everybody. Woo who. <laughs> all right. I want to thank you all again for taking the time to listen. I know we've run a little long on this one. I got I got rambling here. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for, for checking out the podcast. New listeners, welcome aboard. Old listeners, welcome back. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mando underscore vision on Twitter and Instagram. It's been so fun to engage with people the, the last few weeks during the course of the show on social media. So please make sure you're, you're, you're following along with us. You can email the show MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If you want to give us five-star reviews, they are so insanely helpful for small independent shows like us to help us stand out not get lost in the shuffle of the algorithm. We truly appreciate anyone taking the time to do that. Thank you so much. If you want to become an official Mandavision maniac, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Mandavision. You can join your fellow maniacs and gain access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, no, Bay Ho, Jeff Nail, Jeff's co-hosting The Ring and Ear, a great music podcast. Check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own. Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista, a Pry Brewing Company here in San Diego and Baltimore, Maryland. The Beer Hop, Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, the Silent Assassin, he who should not be named, and Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, It's So Good, a great movie podcast. And word has it, he might be joining us very, very soon for a, a special uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi post-mortem podcast where we can talk about everything that happened in the series and, and, and kind of recap it the same way in which we did with the book of Boba Fett. And yeah, that's happening. All right, so let's go ahead. Again, we've run long. Let's close up. Let's get out of here. Hope everyone is being awesome. 
uh, and and again, remember, the fandom is 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 more divided than ever. Much like uh, the way politics have divided our country, have divided our world in many many senses. Uh, and 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 as as positive people, I, I I hope that we are are being kind, good fans to other fans. Be awesome. Be radical. Take care of each other. Watch out for each other. Don't let anybody get bullied on on the on the platforms. Uh, and and and. Just be awesome, awesome Star Wars fans for each other and to each other. All right? Because, hey, we all love this thing. That's why we're here. So with that being said, let's get out of here. You know this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way.